0: And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotion.
1: Can you yeah.
3: imagine uh, cult fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse?
0: I can totally imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written like that one Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey? <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy <laughs> Ale with cheese, can, Yeah. I can totally imagine that. See? I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw sacrifice that my, my progeny to you, almighty Marvel beast. <laughs> But Neil Adams is somewhere going, "Mm, it's uh, it's my time.
3: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) How do you measure success? Hey, everyone. You're listening to Superhero Speak, and I'm your host, Dave.
1: And I'm John. And I'm JD eating a pear. It's really good. Oh, Oh. I should have gotten an orange. I know some downstairs. Now I'm hungry. (laughs) Pear is fantastic.
3: Uh, I'm trying to, you know, my oranges are downstairs too, John. And I only have a few bananas left. I gotta need I need to go shopping soon. We oh. bought
2: a bunch of bananas last week and like they never hit yellow. Like they're already like they went
3: green and now they got yeah. brown spots on them. I've had like, what the hell, dude. I've that's happened to me too. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, you, know, you try putting them in like a paper bag so that they'll ripen and yeah.
2: Like I just I just put them in my protein shake every morning, so it's really not that big
1: a deal because they actually uh, taste
2: better when they get a little brown, A little brown, not a lot of brown. It's
1: true. Yeah.
2: So, but it's still kind of frustrating. It's like I never, I feel like I never hit that banana sweet spot.
3: So, is that what you've been up to this week, JD? Playing with bananas? <laughs>
2: no, actually, uh, man, we tore up the carpeting in our room this weekend. We were, my wife and I were like going to town. We're putting in new floors. We're getting ready to sell this mother sucker.
3: Yeah, that's cool. And, wow very gonna, thrilled are you looking for something bigger or closer to the city so, or
2: no actually the exact opposite i'm looking for something closer to where i coach because it's 45 because okay. um i coach in our with where we went to college and it's 45 minutes from where i live and i live about 45 minutes from chicago so it's about 90 minutes from the city um the dollar just goes a lot further out there yeah uh, I, I grow weary of the drive all the time and quite frankly the school district's better than the one we live in and andy's a year away from kindergarten. So mm-hmm. it's about time. And and during this whole thing, I found a really nice house that's very affordable. It needs some work, but it's about perfect. I'm so,
1: kind
3: of I'm, I'm curious about that. Cause like, I didn't think anyone right now was looking to buy or sell.
2: See, um, I was talking to a buddy of mine, my, my, the guy I used to coach with in my old school. He's a realtor. And the belief amongst the people in that market is immediately after, you know, this whole thing is over, there will be a spike in yeah. real in real estate because per I'm a, they didn't say this to me, but I'm personally of people just kinda of sick of looking at their houses. <laughs> you know?
1: Well, you're also going to get I mean, because of everything that's happened, you're going to get the, the interest rates going way down again. Like mm-hmm. it did during oh, the yeah. housing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's gonna have to. So well, you're gonna be able to sell at or refinance at like one percent. Yeah. So that's what
2: we're trying to that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get on this because we bought in the summer of two thousand seven. Uh, so okay. it was only last year when our house finally got worth what it was when we paid for it. Yep. And it's like, okay, now is the time to really pull the trigger. I wish we'd I wish we'd done it a few months earlier, to be honest with you. But now is the time and it's I get to be where I wanna be and we get a bigger house and it's kind of in the country and it's it's perfect. It's everything I want. So I'm excited. So we just got—I got little little projects. I got, I've been painting the house, and I've been got to replace the floor in, in our bedroom, and I'm doing some landscaping work because I ain't
3: working, so might as well do that. How about writing? You been doing any writing?
2: It's been tough. Yeah, I got a I got a novel, uh, not a novella, excuse me, that I'm almost finished with, and my editor is reading the the, the current trilogy that I've been working on all year. So,
3: I, um, I only asked because I saw the Facebook post with Andy dressed in my bathroom.
2: Yeah, I was trying to get some stuff done. He was actually dressed as Black Panther Thor is what he said. Oh, okay. Because okay. he had the Thor uh, – one of my wrestling moms got him that little Thor outfit just because she thought it was cute and he looked mm-hmm. cute in it. And my wife was trying to do yoga in the basement, and to, to distract him, she just dressed him up like that, and he has not taken it off. <laughs> and it's been three
3: hours. That is awesome. Well,
2: I'll, I'll actually send you the picture, and you can post it cool. to the website, or the Twitter, so people know what I'm talking about. But regardless, God, he's freaking adorable.
3: <laughs> they are at that age
2: yeah he's It's. I'll tell you what though I miss school
1: <laughs> a miss, lot of people are I miss yeah. school I,
3: I I hear you you know I mean I have a I have a surly 18 year old so Oh.
2: I, <laughs> like at least he's only four like I
3: think <laughs> this
2: is you know four is fine if he was a teenager I may have killed him
3: <laughs> how about you John anything fun this week he God's fun? Are you
1: kidding me? No.
2: <laughs> I like the story you told before the show about having to travel across state lines to get alcohol. It makes you sound Shh. like alcohol, like alcohol. Alcohol. I don't want Who's the that?
1: popo. To, I don't want the popo to find out about it.
3: The, <laughs> the popo does not listen to this podcast.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, so yeah, we were talking about how PA, the state stores, the, the state owns all the liquor stores. They all closed. Then their um, website crashed, and so. For a while there, you couldn't get hard liquor or wine, and unless you know you went to, unless you found a winery that that sent that would uh, deliver, but you know. Or moonshine and- Oh wait, wait!
3: There is one caveat to that. You can get wine at grocery stores now. Wine and beer. You still can't get hard liquor. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, but the selection was low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So go ahead. But, but they sold out. They sold out really quick. I mean like it was that in toilet paper. So <laughs> so basically I you know, I I I went with my girlfriend, she lives in Delaware, and I went to visit her and then we went to visit one of the liquor stores. And one of the things that was happening on the border of Pennsylvania and Delaware is that the Delaware state police were manning some of the liquor stores near the border and anybody with Pennsylvania plates they were telling them to turn around
3: yep that's nuts yeah. yeah it's it's much worse in delaware you have an easier time if you go to jersey i oh, Wait,
1: I'm sure. the
3: I didn't say that out loud did i <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but i mean you know, think like you know like we've been talking things are crazy and uh some people including governors are not making good life choices right now so you know there you go hey
2: that's all good we're all finding ways that's just cool as i talked to so many people now who are finding ways to entertain themselves i just shared a thing on my personal twitter of two people in italy who are playing tennis on the roof of opposite buildings that's so they're literally awesome hitting the tennis ball across it's it's your it's, it's italy so i'm not sure if it's a street or an alley or what uh-huh. but they're hitting it to each other and it's the coolest thing i've ever seen i'm like now that is how you entertain yourself
1: well i did find out one other really cool thing is is that uh um the amount i i I bought I bought three hundred bucks worth of wine at least it would have been three hundred bucks in Pennsylvania in Delaware it's hundred and forty nine dollars Wow so what? i apparently p a taxes the crap out of us. I never realized that and oh, yeah. I, I'm originally oh, yeah. from Connecticut where you know it's like you can buy it anywhere um but yeah, I don't is know Del-
2: is Delaware one of those states without sales tax yes, yes. yes it ah. is.
1: Yeah, but but it's not just that. It's PA's tax on on alcohol is just that onerous. One of the things I
3: I find amusing is like if you go to Delaware to buy like a TV, let's say, to save the taxes, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania wants to de- you to declare that on your.
1: Nobody does. Everybody I goes know down nobody does. here. They go down to the furniture stores and all the all the malls down right down 202. Right over the I just, border. I just it. find
3: that amusing. It's like, really, like, no. I went there yeah. so I wouldn't pay taxes. Why am I going to declare it on my tax return and they'll give you taxes for something I bought in another state? Like, no. Yeah. Uh,
1: what are you going to do? List, your, list an Ottoman on your taxes? I mean, come on.
3: That is ridiculous. I do list odd men on my taxes. I put
1: you yeah, on. Yeah, I'm sure.
2: Uh, so yeah, yeah. Put the the empire on your taxes?
3: You declare the whole Ottoman Empire?
2: <laughs> oh. But nice. it, well, jokes from a hundred years ago, I got them all.
1: <laughs> well, you know, considering even we're, we're we're even running out of the world supply of jokes at this point. Like, you know, it's being <laughs> well, shut I, up. Just,
3: I have plenty of bad jokes for jokes. I, I I believe that days. Uh.
1: That that tracks. But anyway, you know, nothing else. Just you know, visiting my girlfriend, getting to know her kids, who are cool, and uh, you know, eh.
3: you're not you're not that weird guy that's uh doing their mother yet oh i'm sorry Whoa. <laughs> what what how old are they again this show took a weird
1: turn that took a dark turn yet yeah. no they're they're 10 and 12. oh okay. Really yes yeah. okay. and 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 uh you know i spent a lot of a lot of Saturday discussing anime with somebody that knows something about it Ah, so, so they're not kinda... surly.
3: they're not surly teenagers yet
1: well, so, you're, so not, you're
3: good no No. no, no trust not. me trust me once they hit like 14 15. It's all
2: downhill.
1: I, I know. I had another daughter.
3: I
2: will put so. my foot. I will put my my foot and say that middle school kids are the worst kids. I used, I used to. Candy. Oh, I used to film bar mitzvahs like rich kid bar mitzvahs. Man, oh man. <laughs> you want to talk about a horrible experience being in a quote unquote banquet hall or whatever with 150 spoiled rotten kids. Yeah. Holy jeez. Yeah.
1: I, I, I went that. to middle school. I I basically lived that so that was not fun
2: that is the worst version of me is the middle school me i look back i'd like to kick that kid's ass huh.
1: Ugh. well you know beyond that i should be writing i, sh- I should be <laughs> but I, I haven't i'm actually it's, trying it's to feel well i'm trying to deal with the fact that now that working from home all the time there's this loss of the border between work and home mm-hmm. and that I'm, you know, having a bit yes. of trouble with it. Yes. I, because, because, I, I mean, I wouldn't have trouble with it, but other people are, which is causing me trouble.
3: I mean, I mean you guys know that I've been working from home since last About year. a year, right? Yeah, yeah, well, not yeah, quite a year, your but, job. Right. my whole job is working from home. And that's the thing, like, and I'm loving hearing people say stuff like that. Like, you don't realize when you have that work computer there, it's like, like, I, I logged on Saturday morning to run something that, I was I could was supposed to run this morning, but I'm like, oh, let me just get it done so they can test it first thing Monday morning. I don't have to worry about it, you know? And it's like, but there was no need for me to do that, you know? And there's that whole thing where it's like, oh, I'm working from home. I can have my personal laptop next to my work computer, and I can write while I'm working. But you don't, dude. Do well,
2: yeah, that's not possible. Like, you have to be more regimented when you work from home, right? Cause yeah. Because you write that blur between life and work and home is just it, it gets out of control so you need to like actually all right this is the time i do this this is the time i do that and da 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 da. like we've been michelle and i have been working from home for like 10 years now 12 years now so we were prepared yeah
1: hmm. that's cool so, so that's yeah. it for me dave well how about you me uh not really
3: not much um it's been an interesting week uh um by uh, like nothing i mean not interesting like I, the only th- good thing that, that happened this week was I looked at my stock portfolio on Friday. Oh, and
2: oh God, God don't do that. Do that. that no, was,
3: yeah. no, 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 no. I'm actually up right now. You,
2: you know what? Actually, when you look at the stock market, it's actually done really well the past week and a half. All
3: right, so I wasn't going to say this, but the I bought a bunch of stock in Moderna. What is so that company? What do they do? They are a pharmaceutical company. They were the first ones to begin developing a – uh, vaccine for the COVID-19 virus. That's really smart, actually. About two weeks mm. ago, and their stock has doubled since I bought it. Hey! So that is why I am up right now. Uh, yes. smart! That's a yes. good move, Dave! Uh, the other one was, um, I bought GE because they were producing, um, respirators, but they're not doing as well. People don't like GE for some reason. I don't know That's what that a- is.
2: Full company, blue chip stocks. People just don't like those kind of companies traditionally.
3: Yeah. So, but yeah. um, uh, In fact, actually what had happened was on last week, like Thursday, Friday, uh, they had won an award for their research uh, for the vaccine, and the federal government dumped a bunch of money into the company to push along the development of the vaccine. So, yeah, that made me Uh happy.
2: Hey, That's one thing we all really want right now, so... Hey, if someone's going to make money off it, might as well be you. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm writing down the name of that
1: company. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, but yeah, like oh, and then and of course you guys know that my old job blew up.
1: Literally. Yes.
3: Um, we were in a class action lawsuit. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we got an a uh, an offer for settlement.
1: Oh, crap.
3: So, based on what they offered, like like the the basically the way that The law firm presented it to us as like, well, accept the offer or you can go on your own because (laughs) the the law firm is for everyone involved with the class action. suit's going to accept it like, all right, fine. And um, how is the settlement? It would be about a third of what they actually owe me. That sucks. But I mean, like these the settlements are always going to be lower
2: than what
1: you want. And and the, the lawyers are taking most of it, I'm sure.
3: No, no, no. That's after what they uh, yeah After what they take, I'll end up with a third.
1: Right. Um, so what they, what they took, what oh, they took, oh, I would yeah, have made they, you they, get they they're, they're,
3: they're taking a good chunk,
1: which is uh, They always do. that. That's, that's why they do class action but, lawsuits. They don't do it for you. They do it for them. Of course, of course. Of course but of but course.
3: here's the worst part, right? Like I signed all the paperwork. I sent it in. And I was like, oh, I'm just kind of curious. How long is this going to take? Well,
1: six to 10 years.
3: Exactly. They're like, oh, well, we have to finish going through all the litigation with the bankruptcy court and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, so eventually, probably by the time I retire, I'll get my money. That's kind of how these
2: things go with lawsuits. So it's never a quick payout. Like, yeah, it's always like a decade.
1: Yeah, well, you you will get it. I mean, you never really get justice, though. That's the problem. I was going to use that
3: that money to 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 take John out to a fancy dinner and. You (laughs) (laughs) You can do a social distancing dinner over Zoom. Oh, there Um, we go. We could do that. Um, And let's see. Oh, I did something new tonight that I've never done before. I made homemade. Well, let me let me let me uh, say I didn't make the noodles from scratch. That's something my daughter would do. But I made homemade uh, lo mein for dinner. Chicken lo mein for me and my son, because he was like we do homemade Chinese every once in a while. And he was like it said, instead of rice, why don't you try getting the noodles and do that? And it actually came out pretty good. So, um, We
2: made cabbage roll soup yesterday. Yeah. And we put some noodles in it. It was not very good.
3: <laughs> we tried. Did they, did they get failed. mushy?
2: No. It was not very flavorful. We followed a, a Pinterest recipe, and it was like, uh, this is terrible. Like, some hmm. of these people that are so confident in their cooking, they put things on Pinterest. It's like, oh, this sucks. I don't know why you're <laughs> so proud of it.
3: I was just saying because noodles and soup are tough because after a well, while they added, get mushy. Well, we added the noodles last minute because right. the soup was so bleh. We're like,
2: well, let's put some noodles in to, like, give it some gumption because there's nothing to it. Right. And, like, again, and get, get meat has so got to be gluten-free noodles. But it was just like, nah. Like, I ate it, but I ain't nah. eating it
3: again. <laughs> uh, that's a shame. But, yeah, that's about it. Again, not, I'm um, you know, watching TV, working. That's it. Dealing with my my soon-to-be 18-year-old. Actually, I said he was 18, but it's not till next week. Oh, um, So yeah, yeah. So that's enough of our craziness. Let's talk about some internet craziness.
1: Well, we don't we don't have a year, Dave. And will we'll, what? Internet craziness. There's oh, like oh, a bunch oh, of that. like well, so
3: I just met uh, Nerd Madness updates. Uh let's get to oh,
1: I mean, yay. Let's
3: get back to um let's talk about where we're at. So of course we'll start off with movies. Round two, we had Joker versus Endgame and John Wick versus Spider Man Far From Home.
1: And John Wick assassinated Spider Man, so <laughs> no. Uh
3: well well first off, of course we said Endgame took Joker at seventy five to twenty four point. Was an ass. Asked- was an ass whooping. Yes. Um. As of right now, the voting isn't finished yet, but John Wick is edging out Spider-Man: Far From Home. That is one of the bigger
2: upsets I think I've seen in this tournament. Yes.
1: I don't know. That's an upset
2: though. Mm-hmm. I ranked the turn. This was my seating, so oh, I say okay. it's an upset. Okay.
1: But it's surprising
3: nonetheless. Yeah. No, I I was actually shocked. I thought everyone loved Far From Home, but
1: well, just just for that, I'm going to. Yeah, John Wick. I just voted.
2: <laughs> I voted for Far From Home, and I was like, so we neutralized <laughs> each other. But <laughs> man, this is a surprise, man. I mean, like, John, the John Wick movies, I I, I think I, call, I think it was in this show, I called it, like, probably the best action franchise of the 21st century, and I stand by that.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ghost of the Stratosphere said that this was a tough one, and the Gorilla Brain podcast said, John Wick is far superior, and not because – 8 bit Ray hates Tom Holland. Yeah, uh, uh-huh, sure, Ray. We know. Uh but yes. No, I, I don't know. Um I didn't hate Tom Holland. I just I can't process that. I don't know either. He's he's he's,
1: I, he's quite he, lovely. He's, yeah. I can't that's that doesn't track.
3: And I bet I he's a any. gentle lover. Ooh.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say I hope my son grows up to be a man like him, but you took it in a spot where I can't say that. <laughs> no. okay. but, uh, Gonna check next story.
3: Be quiet. <laughs> um, of course, round two of uh, TV. We have. Oh, so it looks like it will be, of course, Endgame versus John Wick uh, for the final round in
1: movies. Wow. And everybody wishes John Wick was in Endgame. So. But, yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean YouTube th- movies? Have you seen all of the YouTube videos that they've made? Of the the end game where they're showing up, all the heroes are starting to show up, and they they like they'll splice in John Wick and That's then Godzilla it. and then yep. no, just like
2: I gotta see that,
1: yeah, no, um, it's hysterical. Like they like Scooby Doo gang, like they they just splice in all these different heroes from just anywhere. It's awesome.
3: Uh, so TV round two, of course, we had Mandalorian versus Umbrella Academy. Uh, Mandalorian took that. Uh, and then it'll be Witcher versus the Boys. I haven't put that one up yet. I'm sorry. I've been behind this week. Um, <laughs> uh, same thing with, um, of course, anime. Round two, we had Demon Slayer versus Inspector.
1: Yeah, that was kind of a blowout. What? Demon Slayer took it. 83% to 16. Slay them. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, then again, again, like Demon Slayer is one of the first, animes to have like one of their episodes trend on twitter worldwide um as as it was released because it's probably so, one of the most beautiful sequence uh fight sequences that was has ever been put to to film right it was just amazing so and then,
3: uh people yeah, love I, it. I mean i've heard of demon slayer that's the other thing i will say that inspector yeah, me too was a was a mystery to me um so random, Randy Savage tweeted at us a gif of a kid banging his head. Does, is this that's imp-
1: that's Deku from from uh, Midoriya from from uh, My Hero Academia? What's oh, the meme?
3: Okay, uh, okay, see there you go. Well, I'm curious.
2: What is the because me we we tweet memes to express the way we feel about something.
1: He's 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 a fanboy of um, uh, what's his name? Uh, All Might. So he's he's basically it's a it's a fanboy at, um, meme. He's Snappy like he's fan he's fanboying out. Yes. Oh uh,
2: okay.
3: And then Stone Rhino and Nano, uh, yeah that's that's a name. Uh, said this is a tough one. Love them both. So.
2: Mhm.
3: But yeah. Was... Oh Na-
2: Na- Nano is national novel writing. Uh, right Stone Rhino. I don't
3: know. <laughs> I think he's trying to be clever. Uh, because there's a jack o' lantern and and a lamp. And a bowl of soup. I don't know. I um, think it's coffee. Uh, maybe it is coffee.
2: And a snowman. I don't know what this guy's doing. Usually, when I make when I make jokes like this, people actually reach out. So, homie, if you can translate <laughs> your Twitter handle, we'd all appreciate it. <laughs> that,
1: that looks like an anime character in his as his icon. So I will take your word for it. Could be a lot of things.
3: Um. All right. So that means that Demon Slayer will go against um whoever wins Castlevania versus Darwin's game my guess is going to be Castlevania at this point so cool.
1: yeah and
0: probably.
3: then and then rounding out of the week of course we had comics round 2 first matchup was House of X from Marvel versus Blade Runner 2019 from Titan Comics um it's actually a lot closer than i thought it would be uh okay. House of X takes it at 56.4% to Blade Runner's 43.6% um, Yay. so people had a lot to say on this one. Yeah, this is,
2: uh, this is a thing.
3: Yes. So, so of course, Gorilla Brain said Hickman in the schoolyard is the schoolyard bar bully of comics industry. He strong armed his position at Marvel at the cost of many X series so he could build it in his image because Marvel has the rights back to the properties. Um, House of D said I agree that he did a bully move but I thought it was necessary to Hickman's credit at least he does not make you buy multiple books to understand story each book follows one story with just a little bit sprinkled from the others the other Marvel stuff is out of control huh Uh, to which Gorilla Brain said Marvel is a nightmare period and Hickman didn't have to shut them all down that was just him flexing muscle to prove he was still big. Um, oh, no,
2: no, no, no. You've got to read this. This is great. Still big. D- big, big dick. Big dick hick. hick. I love that. I don't know if I agree <laughs> with it, but I like it. A- enjoy
3: House of, enjoy House and Power of X and Uncanny because remember, this is Marvel and soon he, as soon as he leaves, it will be rooted, rebooted and retconned.
2: So well, here's, here's what I'd like to say. I would love to get these
3: two guys on our podcast to hash this out. Well, I mean, obviously. Oh, I would love this. We we I, I mean, you know, we can easily get 8-Bit on here. And, of course, um, Don oh, has man, been on D, here yes. has I been would, on many times.
2: I would, I'm throwing down this gauntlet. I want to hear this. I want to hear a debate. I want mano imano, e mano. I want pro and con Hickman arguing for my amusement. <laughs>
3: All right, guys. Well, I know you both listen to the show, so I'm throwing it out there. Um, you guys want to come on and do a special debate episode, and uh, and we'll moderate and um, and make bad jokes while you do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: that's what we do. It it feels like that should be a beer summit, but with shots. <laughs> oh,
2: there you that's, go. I like that.
3: Uh, Ziggy said, "Of course, House of X and Volsker, who is uh, House of D's brother." House of X was the first comic issue I bought and was a huge starting point for me and my adventure into comic reading. Um, I just, it's so weird to me to hear people, um, start their comic reading so late in life, you know?
2: Yeah, it's rare in this, especially in this market.
3: Yeah. But cool. I mean, it, I, I'm anything? glad he, he, that brought him into comics. So
2: Every, everyone's got a first book. Mm hmm.
3: So House of X, obviously, will then take on the winner of Batman Damned versus Conan the Barbarian. I think we all know who will take that one. We'll see. So uh, it'll probably end up being Batman Damned versus House of X. All right.
2: Oh, I can't wait to do this next topic.
3: So, <laughs> boys, and girls, boys and girls, boys and girls, boys and girls, boys and girls. Uh, we we here at Superhero Speak um, get all of our news from reputable Websites such as, um, Superhero Hype, um, Comic CBR, Comics news, CBR yeah, mm-hmm. IGN, um, of We got this covered. Oh, wait, believe, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this one came from, like, uh, an actual newspaper site, like LA Times or, uh, you know, one of those, uh, sites that cover a lot of media news, you know, a lot of, Celebrity news. And, um, of course, I'm talking about uh, Matt Reeves saying he was using the hiatus to tweak the Batman script. He wasn't going to rewrite it because a portion of the movie was filmed. But looking at the dailies made him go, oh, well, maybe I could tweak this. Maybe I could tweak that in the story. So you're saying it would be like every other movie released within the past 25 years. Exactly. Everyone does it. Um, of course, our good friend uh, Timothy Jones said... Every little bad tweak helps. Mm. Um. And then Nick. Nick, 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 Nick.
2: Nickelodeon.
3: Oh. You, yeah. um, um, um. Wow, he spammed us. You think we're clickbait, do you? Obviously, you didn't listen to the show. Um.
2: We can make fun of him. He doesn't well, that's,
3: the that's
1: show. the, that's what, and maybe, that's how these guys operate. They never listen.
3: And maybe, <clears throat> maybe from now on, we'll include sources. Uh, when we tweet out our articles that we talk
2: about. No, this is ridiculous because, like, is it clickbait? Are we trying to make people click so they listen to the show?
3: Yes! <laughs> well, thank you. That's the whole point. Of course! That's why so, there's a ridiculous no... meme of Batman smiling
1: with the tweet. No, well, we're kidding. But we're not making it up. Not this, anyway. This dude kept not <laughs>
2: No, uh, yeah. This dude kept. I don't, please don't go through all of it because it's just stupid. But this guy kept every time someone responded that wasn't even to him. He was like throwing his two cents in. Uh, like apparently look, one of us um, angered him. Maybe well, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. He's like real for some reason. The official spokesman for Batman Twitter. So you know, with 180 followers. Oh, this is, I'm reading his his uh, his bio. Oh, he's it says real for some reason the official spokesperson for Batman Twitter. Oh, wow. The Batman with a little bat emoji in theaters October 1st, 2021. I don't know if well, that's the actual. It's the, sure emoji that's the real
1: that, it's the emoji that really is.
2: Well, I mean, like this dude is so official. He got a hundred and he's got, yes, 180 followers. <laughs> Woohoo!
1: So he ain't going to listen to the well, show. So I'll just say, well, if, you're a dork. Well, if all of those followers are real, that's still more than ours. hey, 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 hey. hey. Wow.
3: <laughs>
2: Oh, hey man, we got sixty-three thousand followers. what yes, I there. said if
3: That's just. <laughs> no, we get enough interaction on our on our tweets that a good portion of them are real.
1: I, I know. Uh, I looked at the tweet responses and all that at one point, and I there's no way you can ever keep up with it with us.
3: Uh, Kevin Glennon said it's a great thing DC keeps producing, uh, keeps pooching it on storyline and character development. They shove too much in to too little and missed the point of how to tell a story. Case yep. in point, Suicide Squad. And
2: it look,
3: you, know, you know. To which
2: Nick had to say, this is clickbait! Which is... Uh, clickbait anything.
3: Good thing. A solid rewrite revision is never a bad idea, especially if he's ensuring that character arc in, is front and center. Um, and then... When we had to retry... Had to yeah, yeah. Again. And then... Wow. Gabrielle... Colote said, ah, thank you. Each time I see this tweet, I'm like, no, he really did not say that. Again, he did say that he was tweaking the script. This was in, like, actual newspapers. This isn't just something from a comic website.
1: I mean, you could just Google
2: it, for crying out loud. So this dude has a a bio that says, I'm Batman,
3: obviously, with eight followers. Which one are we talking about?
2: Gabrielle Collette.
3: Oh, okay, okay.
2: Eight followers this is probably a bot or a dork
3: um and then of course finally the battinson said where did you hear that matt said he's not touching the script as there is nothing to change and that he is happy with what they have so case in point and i've i've noticed this guys in the the seven years john that we've been doing this show
1: yeah seven years jeez
3: that there are a lot of Die-hard Batman fans that are nuts. We angered yeah. Batman stan culture.
1: Yeah, it's it's been a while since we've seen this kind of thing, though.
3: Yes. Um,
2: these are these are stans. These are people. This is what they call them. The kids. These are people who have nothing better to do but latch on to one particular bit of pop culture fandom and defend it against everything on Twitter they see. They search it and they find things to tw- to write about. Hey, and that's that's their hobby.
3: You know what? If you're increasing my visibility, go for it. I don't really care. Um and again, we thought, the story we spent ten real. minutes on the show talking about it. No. Yes, exactly. The story was real. We discussed it. Um, we have a real source. And again, like JD said, who has worked in the business, this is very common. Like scripts get rewritten all the time, even while movies are being filmed. This isn't yeah. like... The writer's on set. Oh, the yeah. writer has
2: his own trailer. They're constantly rewriting stuff during the making of a movie. And this is... They have a little thing. You may have heard of it. They're called reshoots. Every movie does it. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. And so, because this is... And because it started with Tim Jones, I have to say, this Nick dude has a bad case of sour grapes. Oh! But Every time
1: nice yes.
2: I think that's why he keeps doing this because he knows I'll plug every single time he does something
3: so make sure you check out Sour Grapes that's right um, alright in, in a newspaper near you so on that note boys and girls if you want to know where you can get more social media madness just listen to our good
0: friend D-Square enjoying the show want to be part of social media madness check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network includes great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. Thank you, Don, for those lovely
3: words. And and just like Batman, we're going to disappear for a second and take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. After these messages... Back. All right, we're back. Uh, we don't have much news to talk about this week. Uh, there were three stories that caught my interest. Two are related to stuff that we talked about previously, so I figured we – no, all three are related to stuff we talked about previously. So I figured we owed it to our fans to talk about these follow-ups. Of course, the big one after over f- oh, 60 years, I think it is, right? 1970 – no, 50 years. 50 Fifty years. Um first time ever. San Diego Comic Con is cancelled. They didn't even give it another date. They were just moving it. They're just gonna do it in twenty twenty one. How are we gonna get our pop culture news for the year? (laughs) Virtual conferences? So so that's actually that's actually kinda why I included the story because there are two things um it made me think about. Number one is like Marvel hasn't been announcing a lot of big stuff at the con.
1: Yeah, so. they've been pull, a lot of them have been pulling out, not doing announcements on their own.
3: Right, and then the other is: Have you guys noticed all these virtual comic cons that have been popping up online?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I got a lot of notifications for some of them. My buddy Russell Russell Multi started one of the first ones.
3: So. so yeah. So do you think virtual comic cons are the
1: future? Well, it depends on if somebody manages to find the right way of representing a convention in a website. And so far, it's been kind of hard, you know?
3: Yeah.
2: Go ahead. No, I think that um, these might become a more common thing. But, like, when we do find a sense of normal, I don't think they'll replace Comic-Cons. Yeah. I think they can exist alongside them because there's a lot of people that really enjoy – Going to cons and like meeting people and you know shaking hands with their with their heroes and whatnot. So I mean, I think it is what it is, man. Yeah. I think this
3: is. I don't think cons are going away. I think they might be on hiatus. That 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 is the point. It's a social experience that yeah. you, you kind of have to go. Like one of the things um, I saw, Wizard has been doing these virtual fan experiences, and you can pay to watch a celebrity give a speech and then buy an autograph from them and i forget what the other thing is uh there's no i don't think there's there might be one-on-one stuff i I don't know um but my thing is like they're missing the point i think and i understand there are people there are people who buy signatures just so they can resell them but there's a lot of fans who actually want to meet the actor and that's why they get the autograph it's not about buying an autograph it's about getting in line to meet um James Marsters. Yeah. You know. For for
1: for the conventions it is about buying the autograph though, because have you, you remember like even at Wizard World, which is dying, they people were spending like a thousand dollars to get well, like literally only four tickets for four um autographs.
3: No, I know, but I also remember, you know, in the early days when you could still get, you know, even some of the bigger celebrities for forty bucks at the most. Yeah. And now they've just gotten ridiculous. But, but again, I do think it's about meeting the celebrity, right? I mean, it's why I do it. I don't, you know, I could care less if they sign something for me.
1: See, the thing is like for, for some people like, um, that there's one guy that I keep meeting at the New York comic cons. Um, and, uh, he's got books and books and books and books and books of stuff to be autographed. He's like collecting autographs. He's, Mm -hmm. he's got full collections and he's trying to finish up other collections so for him, it's the autographs. And the last time I got an autograph, which was, uh, Peggy Carter, um, Otwell. Uh-huh. Um, it was, the experience was so bad that I, you know, I'm not interested in doing it anymore. I mean, literally they, they shove you at her. You, you stand next to her. You look up, you see a flash and then they shove you out the door. You, you literally don't even get to say hi and thank you to her. To, or to, to some of these these stars, so you know I I mean it's just it's kind of horrible the way they they pull these things.
3: So
2: okay, oh, I don't I, mean, go, I don't really like meeting celebrities at
1: cons personally. Yeah, I, it's just not my thing. They're not I'm happy like, about it either. Some of them, you know, well, some just, are
2: cool, some are some get it a little bit, some are doing it because they have
1: to. But I mean, it's
2: not like you're really meeting them, like you're shaking hands and getting an autograph, and it's, you don't really get a social experience. And I just find the whole process to be awkward. Now that's me. I know I'm in the minority on that.
1: No, um, no, no, you're not. I don't think you are. So I don't think any, I don't think anybody really likes meeting them that way because, you know, it's like, it's the difference between like the great Philly Comic Con where we get to go up to some of these, these, um, stars and, you know, shoot the shit with them for a little bit. Uh, because you don't have security coming to knock you to the ground when you, when you look at them cross eyed. Uh, compare that to, Wizard World or Great or um Awesome Con or NYCC. uh New York, yeah New York Comic Con where you can't you can't, if you touch your camera when you're within 60 yards of them you get tackled. Right. And, well, and and you literally get 5 seconds with them for either the autograph or a picture.
3: Right. No, that's true. I mean, we're lucky that we get to like go to the press rooms and hang out with these people. But the other thing is so the last time I experienced it as a quote unquote fan, many years ago, I, I, bought, um, whose autograph was it? Uh, the last one that I paid for was, um, not Sam Raimi. Who's his brother? Ted. Ted. Ted Raimi. So, so I met Ted Raimi because I was a big fan of the Xena, uh, and Hercules shows. And plus, you know, of course he was in the Spider-Man movies because his brother puts him in everything. And <laughs> I, um, you know, I paid for an autograph. She's not a huge celebrity, so there wasn't, like, I could talk to him for a minute. Um,
1: yeah, it's about the only way.
3: But then, like, all the bigger ones, there was a huge line. And it was like, I don't want to go wait in that line just for, like you said, a second to, to shake their hands. Now, as I always say, volunteer. You know, and then you'll get to experience a whole other side of the convention. Yeah. Uh, I think the last autograph I've ever gotten... Uh, yeah, no, the last autograph I've ever gotten was Stan Lee. Uh, it was on, uh, Mm -hmm. amazing Spider-Man. What's the first one with, um, John Ramada senior as the artist. Is it 38? I think
2: something like that Ramita.
3: Yes. Yeah. Ramita. Sorry. John Ramita senior. Um, so I got both, like I had him sign it years ago and then I got Stan Lee to sign it when I met him. And of course I worked at his table, so I got to hang out with him all day Mm -hmm and then wait with him for his cab, like, that's an experience. But you don't get that waiting in a line, spending 100 bucks to him to sign something real quick and then move along, you know?
2: Yeah, and again, a lot of those guys are flipping those signatures anyway for autograph collectors. So right. it's a business, and I get it, but, I mean, it's also, quite frankly, a business that has to be on hold for a little while.
3: Yeah, no, that is true. So, yeah, so... Yeah, I see Wizard doing it. Uh, I saw another one that came up. Now, the only thing is like some of these virtual ones, they want to do streaming through like a 24 hour streaming thing, you know, and it's like, yeah, but that's not what that, that's kind of annoying. Like I think John's right. If you get a website and it's like, here's the artist daily and then you could click on that and then like, um, see where's to buy and then here's the panel schedule and then they stream the panels, you know. Like maybe that's how you do
1: it, John. You and I should do that. Well, you have watch. You set up watch parties, right? Basically, when when you do a panel, like they're they're already doing this. Some there was some kind of artist con um, this weekend, and they were they were doing artist panels all weekend, and you know just setting up watch parties to do stuff like you know acrylics and you know selling your art and that sort of thing.
3: All right, we'll have to see. I do think it's it's I think it's a good nice stopgap, but I don't think it'll ever replace the social experience.
2: No, but it could be something new that like help that like you know adds on to things. Because to be frank, I mean like if they did like um, I used to like to go to cons, I haven't gone in a while, but I like the the panel discussions and stuff like that. That's right. the things that always intrigue me. So if those if they like if there was an option to watch all the streams of those, I would absolutely do it.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think I would. depends on the Depends on the topic, but yes. Um, alright, moving on. We had talked about Rosario Dawson being cast as Sokatana, and we rejoiced, but they never officially announced it from Disney. Uh oh. Now.
1: So we are, so we are clickbait. That's
3: what. But she, you know, there was a, there was an article, again, it was from a legitimate website confirming, uh, she was going to play, and now she was asked about it, and basically her answer was, it's not confirmed yet. When that happens, I'll be very happy. Very excited for that to be confirmed at some point, she said. And adding it would be a million and one, a million and one percent because of the fans. So I think she's playing with us.
1: So we got trolled, we got trolled into doing the work for her agent. Is that what it is?
2: No, no, I think that we got, uh, I think she, there's nothing official because Disney hasn't said it yet, so she can't officially. Right, Like right. I, th- I think it got leaked. I think it got. Everything. I
3: think that's exactly uh, what it is. I think it's a leak, and now they went and said, hey, you know what? This isn't official yet, so you can't say anything because yeah. it's probably going to tie into the promotions for Season 2. Um,
1: and, and we know that uh, if anybody that works for Disney says anything, the oh, ninja lawyers will come for you.
3: Oh, my God. Do you remember when we met the actor who played uh, Deathlock? Yep. convention and and i started asking him and he's like i would i would i would talk to you
1: really uncomfortable he, he, exactly he's like <laughs> i'd talk to
3: you but then i'd be afraid a red dot would appear on my chest yeah <laughs> and he was kind of joking and seemed kind of serious so yeah um
2: well, unless unless you're as adorable as tom holland you probably can't get away with
3: like <laughs> i know right those NDAs. he seems to own them it's amazing he's also playing a spider-man he's playing spider-man and he's playing a spider-man everyone but eight bit eight bit ray likes um, yeah. so like, yeah, he can do no wrong. Like they, they know he's the flagship character. Like they can and he, he rebuilt the relationship between Marvel and Sony.
1: Uh huh.
2: Yeah. Well, single-handedly basically.
1: Yeah. Basically single-handedly.
2: But if you ain't that guy, you can't get away. They may
1: kill you. <laughs> true. <laughs> yes. No, uh, that, that's, that's totally true. <laughs> All
3: right. So, so yeah, hopefully it'll be announced soon and we won't be, uh, dubbed clickbait. So, moving on. We had talked about, of course, Diamond had stopped doing distribution, uh, and Marvel paused production and all of that uh, stuff. Uh, Diamond actually recently announced that they will start distribution again mid-May is what their target date is, right? DC has come out and said they're still producing and plan to start distributing books April 28th, but have yet to say how they're distributing the books.
2: I believe they're 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 talking about using two different distributors. Uh, there I didn't see the name attached to them in the article, but I believe I read another one where they named. Uh, blah, blah, blah 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 I lost I lost your email. There it is. Um, I believe they have named. I think Midtown they're going to use as a distributor. Or Interesting. I yeah. I mean, they're they're going to
3: redistribute. And I'm I, I don't know. How do you guys feel about this? Because I have. I, different I'm excited to see Diamond have some competition. I agree. I think that I know. I, I read some reaction
2: on uh, one of the Facebook groups I'm part of from some retailers that are very unhappy with this, which surprises me. But I don't know the ins and outs of the, I thought, retail, of the comic retail
3: business. I thought a lot of retailers were unhappy with Diamond.
2: So did I. But I think a lot of it is the un, is not knowing what to do, and the fact that DC just kind of sprung it. But at the same time, right. I think that Diamond's had a monopoly on comic book distribution for 25
3: years, I want to mm. say. Easily 25 years. And,
1: like. here, and Diamond, Diamond actually um, made an announcement in in relation to what DC had said. They said, we value our partnership with DC and we'll continue to support them as a distributor. Our focus is squarely on getting our industry's entertainment products in the hands of fans as quickly and safely as possible. As we shared this morning with our vendors and retailers, we are currently building our restart plans and targeting mid to late May to begin uh, to being shipping new mm-hmm. weekly product. If we see signs that it is safe to resume shipping earlier, we certainly will. However, with limited number of retailers opens, most customers on stay at home orders, our focus is on supporting our industry and the health and safety of our stakeholders.
3: Right. Which I, I, I don't disagree with that. Right. statement from diamond i mean it makes sense right. obviously if comic book shops aren't open there's no point for them to be distributing books to them
1: makes perfect sense i get it but, but here's the thing like i know way less about this part of the comic book stuff than even than, like either of you and even i've heard people talk about diamond as a bunch of assholes
3: so it used to be basically um the 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 books would be distributed to the the retailers um, they would make a profit on what they sold. What they didn't sell, they could send back to the, the publisher and, um, get their money back. And right? the publishers would rip the covers off. Yeah, you, they would rip the covers off. Um, and, and, and the, and the, and the comic stores would get the money back for what they didn't sell. Diamond came in, started doing the distribution and basically said, if you buy 10 books, you buy 10 books and that's it. You can't that's- send them back. Well, that's a lot of the publisher, too, agreed with that. And, um, well, of course the publisher sure agreed with that because it, it makes them more money.
2: But that's also the reason why it's not on the newsstands anymore because there's no returnability. So right. newsstands went, oh, God, we can't afford this. Right. So, like, Diamond, like, again, this all, is the back, this all is the downslope from the 90s crash. Like, so we created this – I don't want to call it a bubble because it's the wrong terminology, but we created this uneasy balance where the only way to get – the real only way to get published comics is by going to a specialty shop, which, in, as we've talked about on the show before, immediately kills the amount of people that your product could reach. And Diamond has – and it, but I mean the retail – as long as there's no returnability, there's no incentive for, for, uh, for big retailers and newsstands to – to put comics up anymore and in this, in this world the newsstand really doesn't it's not what it used to be like magazines are hurting like published like newspapers are hurting the like, news the newsstand is, is dead in a sense so what and I'm not sure if Diamond distributes to Barnes and Noble and those type of places either where graphic novels sell pretty well Well, so I, I'm, I'm not sure about that
3: I might now this is going back quite a few years ago Um. Let's see. Eight years ago, my daughter worked in a bookstore while she was in college, and um, she uh, they did have a spinner rack and then shelves with graphic novels on them. Yeah, they do. But I mean, they're. I think they're. I don't think they get first run. I don't know if they get first run books or not. No, the spinner rack had some first run books on it, but very limited section. That's what I was getting at. You know, um, like of course you had. Spider-Man, Aquaman, Batman, Wonder Woman, uh, Iron Man, but it was like one or two copies of the latest issue of those, and that's it, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. And they used to, they used to do that when I worked for Walden Books in 1991 before the crash and everything. I mean, that I was one of those people that was ripping covers off, and we would sell, you know, just Walden Books. You had one spinner rack that was full of comics, and, uh, you know, we sold a pretty good amount of them. Right.
2: Yeah. So another reason why books from back in the day are worth so much money is because the ones that weren't sold were scrapped and all these mint condition books were books
3: that were never bought
2: yeah right you know and the books that avoided getting torn up
3: and that's why you have the dollar box at most uh stores today
1: mm-hmm. because they have to get rid of them somehow
3: right most of the books are from the 90s
1: <laughs> yeah a
2: lot <laughs> a yeah. lot so i mean that's the thing though. It was like we talked about it like two or three weeks ago on the show so the the face of of the comic book floppy industry has to evolve like be that as like we as like competitive distributors or something like it can't the business isn't super healthy it just isn't so like it needs to evolve and grow as every business does in this digital era like comics has not embraced digital the way the music industry was forced to a decade plus ago
1: well they weren't really forced to because they fought they fought digital for freaking decades I mean, it, the music I mean industry? It's, it's they, they fought yeah, it, download
3: because of fear of copyright issues
1: Well, right. well it was all money they didn't yeah, they of course, always money, money. But, right. I mean, but but the industry has adapted to it <clears throat> and like, nice but, the com, but the but the here's the comic book industry they could look back on that fight and see how much they could actually lose by you know, by fighting oh, this I, instead of working with people, and they and they, are. they, and they tell still you, decide to fight. <laughs>
2: well, they tell you they are by having com- by Comicsology merely existing. But I mean, the fact that they have to price the book so high when, like, the idea, like, look at this, like, what's it cost to buy? Like, if you and most people don't even buy music anymore, right? Like, most people buy like, like stream their music, but if you buy a song and also do it on iTunes, it's dollar twenty five or dollar twenty nine. You could not buy a single at Sam Goody for that twenty years ago. No, right. The, com- the music industry changed and evolved, and these streaming platforms have like the music industry is fine. Like people are still making a lot of money. They had to change what they are, and the comic industry hasn't. Like they've adopted comiXology, and it's th- I know there's differences, but like there just hasn't been the move to like evolve it.
1: Well, if they're on the if they're on the same kind of track, though, it took the music industry I don't know I'd say like 15 years to actually At own up to it. Yeah, and so I think I think you know maybe maybe the uh, comic industry has another ten years of of the fight before they finally acquiesce and decide hey maybe if we like actually lean into this we could make money and cut some of our warehouse costs or whatever you know. I mean, but, then,
2: but they're afraid to do that though because and the the fear is they need to keep their partners these these shops in shape. But these shops like man it's been. It, it, like, look from the 90s. Like, it's been dropping. You know, when the boom, when you had all, like, again, it's a boom-bust. You boom, you have all these comic shops opening up, and then immediately after, they all crash, and the rest have been not on life support necessarily, but there has not been, like, exponential growth in that field.
1: Yeah.
3: It, it's it's interesting because using the, the music industry as a comparison because one of the things is they've been saying print is dead way longer than, than the last 20 years. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, they've been saying that since at least the 80s, and um, and it's true. And that's one of the things is that a lot of people in print took a long time to accept it. Uh, but then I don't know. There's something different about comics, and it's why they've survived. Yes, limping along on life support, but it's the reason they've survived so long. Um, I don't know. It's it's the collectability of a yes, comic. it's that's it's what a... it is. It's the collectability, and it's like it's so funny because like. With video games, right? I think that's a, a a more apt comparison in today's world, where it's like, oh, pre-order this game so you can get the collectible um, armor for your character. You know, this yeah. the special download, and it's like, but that's not an actual physical thing that I can hold in my hand.
1: Yeah, right. it used to be if you pre-ordered them, you got the collectible, the collector's edition box, right? Or like- special maps and spec and coins and figurines and you exactly name it. But, yeah so. but now
3: it's just like oh no we'll just we're just gonna like create some kind of skin for the character it'll take us all the five minutes to produce
1: <laughs> exactly
3: and and you know you'll just get a code to download it if you pre-order this and it's just like and yet there are people who are like oh yeah I got to pre-order the game cuz I want that special skin and I'm like wh- who cares it's not it doesn't do anything for you, you
2: No know? but it's the, it's the it's the action of playing the game like and that's the the, yeah. the like yeah. I've always been I think I said before I've always been a reader more than a collector like I have a bunch of comics but I mean like I don't bag and board like I don't care like I know the second I read a book it's not worth anything so why do I care Like but I like having them because I enjoy having them like I have no. I'm not under the delusion that these comics are any they have no value other than intrinsic value. Right. But there's still a lot of collectors that always, that just want, that are, they buy all the, the variants and they do all that just, just for like, for the collectability portion. Of it. And I, I think there's no reason why shops can't exist like, like record shops do. Like people, people buy more records today than they did 10 years ago. Right. Right? Because there's a market for collecting records. Like, I don't understand why floppy comics can't just be like what the LP, what a, what a record is, but we get the books through. Um, like you, the, the the main way they're transferred is either through digital or trade paperback.
3: Well, I actually think that would be a boost to the industry, too, is if um, they just went to that model and then just like now, every once in a while, Pearl Jam or someone will say, you know what? We have a new album coming out and we're going to make so many copies in vinyl. Yeah. You know, imagine if they like they stopped making the floppies and then all of a sudden one day they're like, hey, you know what? The special anniversary of Batman's coming out, and we're gonna make five thousand books. You know,
2: I remember I had a conversation like, when, um, when I was in my comic experience courses. Andy Schmidt did the like did the numbers on what it costs to make a comic, and comics are literally loss leaders because they're so damn expensive. Like, yeah. flop to produce a floppy comic is so expensive, and they don't make a lot of money on it. But what they do make money on is trades. They make money on graphic novels. Like, that's all, that's profit because, like, it's the labor has already been paid for. So, my thought to that is okay, well, why not quadruple the price of a comic? If like, a single comic costs 20 bucks, you lose probably 75% of your audience. But that 25% makes up the value. True. Like, I just, I don't, I don't read com, I don't buy monthly or weekly comics anymore because it's too damn expensive. Like, you talk about a video game, video game's like 50 bucks and you can play it forever. I'm done reading a comic in 15 minutes. It's been yes.
1: a while since you played a video game. How
2: much it? is a how much is a video game? No, how much is a video game now?
1: No, no, no the, all the video games now require you to like, you know, either you get a subscription or you have to pay pay for no, in game. So. That, that's
3: that's not entirely true, and it's so funny though because, like, so games are average game is about 60 bucks now, and I'll buy some games for my son, and he finishes it in three days, and I get so frustrated. I'm like. 60 bucks and you're done in three days and then there are other games um like one of the games he's in into right now is persona five, and I don't know if you're familiar with that John but it's yeah i am anime based uh role playing game
1: yeah there there's an anime yeah
3: and and he's actually been playing it for like a couple weeks now like there's a lot to the game, and it's like okay, that's worth sixty bucks but <laughs> Okay, it's like $60 in comics, so do the same thing. Like, if
2: one comic is five bucks, you know, and you get 15 minutes value out of it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a whole lot different. Like, if if comics adopted a subscription model, like, I'll tell you something. If comicsology, like, they have their their binge platform, which I forget what it's called, but if I could get new books with that, I would do it. Like, if I could pay 10 bucks a month for all the books I can read that are current, that includes current books, I would absolutely do that. And
1: so would a whole lot of other people. And
2: that's, and I think that's what's slowing down, but they can't do it because of these shops and because they're losing, because they have to keep, there's the only reason digital comics costs what they do is because they can't, if it's cheaper, it'll put the shop under, you know what I'm saying? Like the model, the whole business model is is hamper best. And I get it. There's probably a shop owner going, JD's a freaking asshole. If I ever see him in person, I'm going to shoot. him. (laughs) I get it. I understand. But I mean, like the business model in this day and age, it doesn't make sense anymore and that's, that's why thing. we don't we don't have a bunch of kids going to comic shops. But I'll tell you what, my kid's gonna read Dog Man when he learns how to read. Like he's going to read comics. He's gonna go to Barnes and Noble or whatever and pick up like kids' graphic novels because there's tons of them that make a lot of money. And, and part
1: wish- of it's not is a superhero stuff. Yeah, and we wish to high heaven that it was a useful and um a, a model that could could really exist because comic book shops are like a joy to go to and to meet people at and to to you know browse all the new comics and all that it's it's not something you can it it's it's like the conventions it's not really something you can duplicate in a you know digital medium right what was the last time you were at a comic book shop well oh, i went to the one in uh in uh, king of prussia and i've been meaning to go back to amalgam and i was planning on doing it and then covid hit so Huh, okay. Well, okay. I will say that know, we, Amalgam we is Amalgam.
3: A, Amalgam is a really nice shop, but I mean they're like a coffee shop slash comic book shop. Well
1: yeah, That's but cool. it's a, yeah. But That's like really the, cool. Yeah. But like my
3: local yeah. comic shop, you know, I'm in and out because
2: But okay, so is your shop like the old school, like the cave dwelling shop uh, where it's kinda dark and like, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Those those aren't very friendly for new people. Like, I'm sure the guy who runs it's perfectly fine. But oh, the yeah. environment for new people is super intimidating.
3: Like everyone that works there is super nice, super helpful. Right, but yeah, like, um, it's not, it's yeah, it's not a place you really hang out at.
2: Yeah, and that's that's the issue with with comic shops. Is like, in, and I've been to comic shops where like the guys, uh, you know, they give you the troll look when you walk in. Like, who is this guy? Stranger, <laughs> See, that, stranger danger well, outside ours. That's, weird. Earth.
1: that's yeah. weird because I can think of at least two, like the I I think the comic shop in King of Prussia has a back room where they allow, you know, they'll, they'll let you play games. But I know of at least another one up near Kimberton that it, like most of the comic shops I've ever known. They, they, they don't just do comics. They do gaming. So you can go there and play games and people go there to run Dungeons and Dragons or run Planescape or something, or, you know, play dungeon dice, whatever, or, or, or magic, the gathering. And so, you know, you get a clientele that comes in here to do that and you know they're walking through the comics both ways so they they, they generate a lot of uh, a lot of sales that way and it's very inviting you know
2: yeah that's that's like like bookstores like there's something to the there's a charm to the like the the urban you know small book shop that you walk in there oh man I love the smell of the pages and all that stuff mm-hmm. and there's people that like going to Barnes and Noble which you could, and I used to love before this all hit, I used to enjoy really going to Barnes Noble, plugging in the computer, and writing. I, I enjoyed writing surrounded by books.
1: Oh yeah, and the like, the one the one next to ne- near me that uh, I mean they've got a uh, Starbucks inside, so you could just yeah, go there, like, sit down. Yeah. As is the one in Geneva, Illinois, and it's a
2: perfect environment. But there's not really there need. I think that comic shops, they they're not gonna have that on that kind of a scale. But there's no reason why there couldn't be more that that try to change the face of the business because we can't be we can't be running business like it's 1995. No one should. No one in any business should be running anything like they did 25 years ago or even 15 years ago. Even God, at this rate five yeah, is if, different now than it was five years ago.
1: If Barnes sure. and Noble was smart, they would start carving out space in their bookstores for a large selection of comics. There is so I've, they, I've, not not mine. I, I, oh my mine, mine has a
2: huge graphic novel section and they do have floppies. Oh mostly yeah. DC. Like almost all DC, very few Marvel. Yeah, I, I mean know. they they've got graphic novels.
1: That. And they, they sell they sell manga too, but uh, I don't see you know they I I'm saying all the new stuff, like become a comic shop as well.
2: Yeah, I think we all
3: have ideas. We just want to see if
2: evolution in the industry.
3: What I was going to say is I do think one of the reasons John Fields invited in these comic book shops is because when he walks in, they look at him and go, yeah, he's one of us. All right. So real quick, um, cause wow, that ended up being a long discussion. And I didn't think it was going to be, um, we had decided to do a retro review this week. We can keep this short because it's not like it's a surprise or anything. Um, but I still want to talk about it because I forgot what a good movie this really was. And of course I'm talking about Iron Man one because we didn't want to pay for a movie again and all of us have Disney Plus so all the movies except Incredible Hulk uh are on there and uh and I think that has to do with Universal or something a distribution deal with them yeah universal has the rights to the Hulk movie yeah so so we won't be retro-reviewing Hulk right now but uh Iron Man won, so it was kind of cool to go back and revisit it and uh and let, let's, let's face it. Okay. Number one, I'm not going to worry about pre-spoilers, uh, reactions and Spoil- spoilers in a 12 year old movie. Yay. Exactly. And, and, <laughs> and also if you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen Iron Man,
1: then what? what? And then you you, you need to turn the dial just a little bit more to go to the sewing channel. Cause yeah, because I, I think you're, obviously you're, you're, in the wrong place. you're
3: probably listening to the wrong podcast. Dude, there's no one on this who's listening to this show that hasn't seen Iron Man. Yes. So, um, of course, it was the movie that kicked off the MCU uh, starring Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts, and uh, uh, John Favreau directed it. And played Happy Hogan in the movie. And Jeff Bridges is, of course, Jebediah. Obadiah Stain. Stain. Obadiah Stane, sorry. Um, I don't know why I said
1: Jebediah. Jebed.
3: Uh, Obadiah Stane, um, who, <laughs> who ends up being the, the, the villain of the movie. Uh, spoilers. So, um, so, 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 like, when you guys went back and watched it again, what, you know, was there anything. Looking back on it, so so let me start with this. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Looking back on it, right, trying to watch it with fresh eyes again, because it's been a while since I've watched it, um, you can see the seeds being planted in this movie, whether intentionally or not. But I will say the scene where he opens up the package with the arc reactor in it that says, proof that Tony has a heart, Mm-hmm. Made me cry, knowing where that's going to eventually lead down the road. Did you guys have any moments like that watching the uh, this again? Uh,
2: no, I didn't have any emotional moments watching it because if I've seen a movie more than twice, I start looking at it uh, from a critical point of view or from, like a filmmaking point of view. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was trying to watch it with Andy, and he's a little too young to really appreciate it. But I mean, there's I look back on how good a movie it is and how much I really enjoyed it and like. Robert Downey Jr. looks so young, it's only twelve <laughs> years ago. Like, it's a great movie, and it's aged. It's aged very well.
3: It, it has. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, you can tell what they were going for too, and it's. It definitely set a tone. Um. I don't. I wouldn't say they f- completely followed that tone all the way through, but at least the first four or five movies, you know, followed that template. Absolutely.
2: I think even more than that, like iron man establishes a tone like you say a tone to this universe that it's serious but still fun right like going to watch an iron man movie is a lot of fun i can't say it about like a lot
3: of those dc movies and a lot of them are very fun to watch what was were, what, were, what were you thinking john
1: when you were watching it well you gotta you gotta remember the time in which it happened was like You had 2005, you had Batman Begins. So that kind of beat Marvel to, hey, you know, we can actually make a good comic book movie. And then you had Superman Returns in 2006. And everybody's like, nope, nope, actually, you can't. (laughs) And then 2007... Um, what was it? 2007 was or no, it was uh Fantastic Four. Fant- Fantastic 4 came out at the same time as Batman Begins. So so we we were really up and down at that point and then they come out with this in 2008. And yeah, I mean, this it, it, and, to, and also The Dark Knight came out the same. Yep. Day. Um, and The Incredible Hulk as a matter of fact. Yep. And uh and Punisher War Zone. <laughs> yep. Eh uh, but nobody knows that um and it still holds up i mean like you said and i i i um i really enjoyed watching it again i it did set the tone for the weak ass antagonist with the same powers as the as the antagonist um but the first half of the movie was just a joy you know the second half was hey you know it's a fight scene um uh, quite quite a bit like the last fight scene in Wonder Woman. Actually, it's like it doesn't really fit the rest of the. It doesn't fit the rest of the movie. The the bat, the uh, Obadiah Stane's um, uh, was it his his drive is kind of you know what's he what's he want because he's just apparently throwing everything out and just saying hey I'm a bad guy. So no, I I, don't, I disagree with that. I think he doesn't think Tony wants the job anymore, so he's trying to take over for good. In in to a giant him. robot. <laughs> Well, it's super, well, it is a superhero movie. I know, I know, right? But it's, it's kind of like, um, he, he did the whole, I, I have taken your heart out. Now so, I'm going to walk away while you're still alive. So I think, and, <laughs> but, so, it, but no, overall it was good though. I was, I, think, I was very happy to watch it again.
3: I, I think there's the, the thing with Jeff Bridges, Obadiah Stane, like, I think people miss a couple of the, the key aspects of that character. Um, number one, like going, like, Obviously you know he's the villain. You know it's going to the, the reveals coming now when you're watching. Back then, I didn't see it coming. Like, you did, did you not know Obadiah Stane was Iron Monger? I knew he was <laughs> but, Iron Monger, but I thought they were setting him up for another movie because I thought they were going down a road setting up the Mandarin.
1: Oh, uh, well because they think they said the guys were from the 10 Rings yes, at that point. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, so I didn't see that coming and I really did appreciate that that twist um uh that's a beautiful scene when he reveals that he filed the injunction and he walks away and they 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 pull the camera away and tony's standing alone
1: on the steps oh no yeah like like still still is like the best they they could not have picked anybody but i think like john favreau doesn't
3: get enough credit like that's great filmmaking like that whole aspect of pulling away and showing he's alone and feeling alone and it's just like wow like like this guy knew what he was doing when he when he did for sure the other thing about uh about him is i don't think people miss is that i really think there's also a big like he was ahead of the company and then the son just came back and said you know what i own the company so i'm going to just start Mm -hmm. running it again so there's a jealousy factor there You know, and that, like, that comes in with the scene where the scientist is trying to build the arc reactor, and he's like, Tony Stark built this in the cave, and like, with scraps, with scraps, (laughs) right? Like, you guys should be able to do this, and I'm the boss. I'm, you know, if I'm saying, do it, do it, you know, like,
1: Like, oh, I've never, I've never had a boss tell me I should do something in an amount of time that's impossible. I don't, I've never. But but I'm saying, like, I
3: think they, (laughs) like, they did, they did their best to establish him as that kind of a character. Like, there's a jealousy. What? Jeopardy does a good job. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, oh, no, he does. He does with what he's got. And it's the writing that turned him into the, just the complete psychopathic, you know, uh, ambiguous motivation bad guy who's just out to I don't kill to dis- I, dis-
2: I disagree with that. Like you know the like we just said the motivation. He wants the company. Especially oh, yeah. like he tries to have Tony killed so he can just take the whole thing over
1: well, he, for was, himself. he was he was smart enough to try and have him killed. And right. that didn't that didn't go right and that wasn't his fault. And he was smart enough to go and take his heart out using that that little doohickey that paralyzes people, which I can't understand why they never use that again. And then you know, but and after that, he's like, oh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll just get into this giant armor that I that I just created and then go on a rampage because, well, I know. you it know,
0: makes,
2: it makes sense because like the you try to do it subtly, that didn't work. You tried to get your hands on it and do it like that. That didn't work. So I'm going to be screw you. I'll beat you at your own game.
3: Right. I'm better than you. He got
2: right.
1: He right.
3: put you at no, your own like, game and he got pushed to the he got pushed to his edge.
1: Right, right, but he should have also been smart enough to see that that would not have ended well for him. But he wasn't smart enough. That's the whole smart. thing of the character,
3: and that's he's why not he's, Tony Stark. That's why he's jealous of Tony Stark. He's right. not as smart as him. Mean, he never will be. Right, um, which,
2: is, which is unfortunately what every other Iron Man movie became. Yeah, but I can't fault I can't fault this movie for setting for setting the template for what a lot of Marvel movies are because this movie does it right.
3: I think the other thing about that uh since we're starting there the ending fight scene established things like their the the reality side of it like they're on a they're in an office building that's on a busy street you know they spill out to the street and they're having this fight and like there's cars in the way you know and like he pick ironmonger picks up a car and throws it at tony and tony's like uh-oh like i got to save these people you know so setting up that like saving people which, again, we've we've argued that DC doesn't do that as well as Marvel. And no,
1: <laughs> no, they just, the people are just, you they're know, just they're hotter. extra points. Yeah, um,
3: <laughs> and and establishing, like, this is happening in a real world. There's no, like, abandoned uh parking lot where this fight happens. This is a real the,
1: street. Uh, the island's uninhabited.
3: <laughs> right, 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 exactly. There's a real street, real fight going, people going by, and, like, that has to be dealt with during the fight. I like they like establishing that right early on in these movies was like that was brilliant, you know.
2: Mhm. Works. Makes them seem like he makes them remember that they're heroes too. You know. I like it. I really like this movie. I like everything about it.
1: The oh, I'm not saying I didn't like it. I do. I mean, it, you can't the way and, and 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 don't forget like the the last this is the one that set the tone for Mhm. You know, the the bane of every person that has to clean up the theater at the end of people <laughs> having to stay all the way to the end. Um And then I, I, I don't remember if they said I should have looked this up. I don't remember if they had put that teaser with Nick Fury at the end as, you know, like maybe we're going to do this or if they actually still had the plan. But like I, I remember people freaking out about it. Like, you got to be kidding me. They wouldn't. And then, of course, they continued on with movie after movie until they finally got there.
3: So, well, so the story behind that was they did that last minute, like they they after the, everything was done, and the and the movie was set and ready to be sent to the the theaters. You always hear the story like they decided at last minute, like oh let's let's film this scene and see what and put it at the end and see what happens.
1: Yeah, and people freaked out.
3: Yes, and
2: they added it to Hulk. They added another one because it worked.
1: Mm. Conf- confession
2: time. I, I we went to a midnight screening that was the thing. Midnight screening of Iron
1: Man, and I left during the credits. I didn't know. Ooh, well it, it was brand new back then. Yeah. Now and it's thought... like you go you go to see the Great Mouse Detective or Trolls, and you're looking for an end credits scene. True. <laughs> so.
3: Yes, yeah. I mean they they definitely started something with that. Um, so, uh, someone had commented, uh, on Facebook, uh, the other day, um, and. Basically, he was complaining about Iron Man and, and the two things he said was too long in the caves and the end fight was too short, right? Nah. Dis-
2: disagree 100%. Yeah, and
3: that's what I wanted to get to. The like, To me, everything that happens in the beginning half of that movie, beginning third, I'll say, with the caves, it, it is brilliant in establishing who the main character of the MCU for the next 10 years, 11 years is, True. Um you know, and, and it's, and it's like, like you said, watching it again with a critical eye, it's picking up on little things like him jumping out of the Humvee and running. Right. So like he's a billionaire playboy philanthropist and a coward because he just wants to get the heck out of there. Yep. You know, which ends and, up getting him hurt.
2: And he changes like that, <clears throat> Uh, Yitson and the whole the whole moment in the cave changes him fundamentally as a person. Like he doesn't was, become Iron Man without that. Literally, in and that was paced perfectly.
3: Yes, yes, yep.
2: Like so, there's nothing wrong with that. That's wrong because I mean, like I, I I hate long bloated fight scenes at the end of movies because they're all you know it just goes on sometimes. Uh, Wonder woman. And, like, <laughs> this was perfect. <laughs> this one works because, like, you know, Tony's going to win. He's got a big mountain to climb. He does it. Move on.
3: Right, right. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, just establishing the the character. Um, he doesn't care any about anyone. And then this guy saves his life and, you And know, dies. And then dies. Um,
2: well, then he has the realization, too, that it's his fault, mm-hmm. that it's his weapons. This is all on him. Yes. So Tony's being motivated by if that's Spider-Man. They don't hammer it like they do Spider-Man, but it's guilt. Like he feels completely bad that and he says, the "US like I saw young soldiers die by my machines. I can't have that."
1: And it makes right. sense because his character has been insulated from that his entire life in total Batman.
3: Um and then like sorry, I'm jumping all around the place, but I keep thinking of like some of my favorite moments. Uh him when he first builds the suit, right? Um and I will say that that that's kind of a throwback moment of the suit up moment from the older superhero movies, the Batman movies, yeah. especially in the nineties Overdid that uh, trope, but they did it obviously with a new twist, right? Like, because it was something different you hadn't seen before. He's getting this armor put onto him by these different machines, which um, after a while, obviously they couldn't keep doing that. And then he, of course he had nanotech and blah, blah, blah. But like, that's a cool moment because again it's it's like it, it it's not quite, but it's almost like the the trench scene in Wonder Woman. it's like there's where he becomes Iron Man for the first time and then um but when he goes to kill those terrorists and destroy the weapons, uh the military gets sees the blip and gets involved, you know, which is something you haven't seen in a lot of superhero movies before either.
1: Yeah, there's you know? there's no concept of anything happening in in any other place other than where the hero is. There's right. no there's no idea of an interactive world.
3: Yes, yeah. So like I I I loved that they did that, you know. And then he calls he calls Rhodey on the phone. It's me, David. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? It's me. I'm in the suit. It's awesome. Yeah.
2: yeah. What I like about the movie more than anything is it's a character study. Like, and this is where I think the DC movies really drop the ball. And I hate doing this, but I have to. This movie is about Tony Stark, the person. Iron Man is just what makes it fun to watch. But this whole thing is an examination of who Tony Stark is. True. And too often superhero movies get away from that. They forget that it's about... What makes us fall in love with superheroes isn't the Michael Bay style action, which is why his movies are forgettable. It's about character.
1: Yeah. Even Even the Batman movies get into that. I mean, you know, the Nolan ones. Yeah. 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 The Nolan ones, but anything they've done since other than one woman really. has. Oh no. They, they've all been, they've all been, you know, the, the Jesus, uh, what is it? The, the, Jesus imagery. And, um, you know, I, I, my life is so dark and my parents are dead and, you know, yes. And they, you really forget that. Why
2: this movie works is because you have a good actor that was properly cast embodying a character and bringing not, not just bringing a character to life, but bringing life to a character, you know, it was a perfect match. And, and that is something that um, Henry Cavill could have been able to do as as Superman, but really wasn't giving the stuff to work with.
3: Right. Yes. I I, I totally agree. Having seen him in other stuff, it's like, he really is charming. That's who Superman should be. And they didn't allow him to be. Um, one of the things I always like to point out when we talk about this movie, I've, I've mentioned it on the show before, and I just, I love it because it's such a great success story. People forget that to finance this movie, because they weren't bought by Disney yet, this was Marvel taking their final shot. They had put up the rights to all of their characters as collateral for the loan to make this movie
2: that's a big gamble that paid off
1: yes yeah. and and the um was it the for rotten tomatoes it was um scored 94 percent certified fresh for the uh critics and 91 percent for the audience only there's, 91%? A million, there's a million there's a million user
2: ratings a that's million a lot. 80, like yeah. that's a that's a really high rating i just want to meet these nine percent of people who don't like this movie and go what do you like about life
3: do you, so, hate bu- do you hate <laughs> puppies? So, so speaking of of people who don't like the movie and things that we don't like, uh, is there anything in the movie that, like, seriously, that you don't like? Something they could the have score. done. The
1: score, the score, the score was not great for their first ride out. They got way better, but it is um, pretty generic. Yeah, it, so, it is really generic, and it, it was done by Ramin Jawadi. Uh, and he had, before this, he had done, what had he done? He did, uh, this, was it, uh, Mr. Brooks and, uh, Threshold? It's just like Blade Trinity. He did Blade Trinity. Yay. So, and Thunderbirds.
2: Gotta save money somewhere. But, yeah. I, I mean, that could be a criticism for all the Marvel movies. So I think their scores are, are rather forgetful. To be honest, I think
1: for the Avengers, the Avengers is pretty good. Yeah. Just
2: that one that, I mean, that works pretty good, but I don't think that, uh, I think the music moments that stand out in this movie are ACDC and the Iron Man at the very end. Like,
1: oh, don't forget Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, yeah, I meant this
2: movie specifically, but Guardians of the Galaxy is just like a curated soundtrack. Yeah. They didn't, there's nothing, there's, I don't know if there's an original piece of music in that movie, thinking off the top of my head. Not that I can think of either. You know, I think that, uh. Yeah, I think I think you can make that claim for most of the Marvel movies that the other than the use of popular music, the actual music, the the score isn't very good.
3: Mm. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, even Spider-Man, when they got Spider-Man back, basically, they they took the old 60s TV theme and then turned it into a score. It's just
1: like at least they did a lot better. <laughs> they did a lot better this time. Yeah,
3: I guess. Um, how about you, J.D.? Is there anything about the movie that you don't like?
2: Uh, no, 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 think about it. Let me think about this again. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of something I don't like about Iron Man. Um, I don't like that. Uh, I guess everything is retrospect, like for a launching point for a movie. I really enjoy it.
3: I really do. Okay. I guess the only thing that bothers me about the movie in retrospect, not, Probably not originally, but looking back on it, are the will they, won't they moments with Pepper and, and Tony.
1: Well, that was showing them falling for each other and realizing how much they meant to each other. Especially after Tony basically had his uh, personality. Right, transplant.
3: right, but, um, but like, it's the whole will they, won't they stuff. Like, just kiss her already and get it over with. Like, they, they did the back and forth for a couple movies, you know, and I, I don't know if that was because they wanted to keep the Playboy persona of. Tony start going longer, so yeah, I, I, I think they were trying to elongate the the, the Playboy aspect of it, um, mm-hmm. but it works. You need that. That's part of that's part of who Tony is, you know. Right. So yeah, yeah. great movie. Sorry, we de- our show got derailed slightly. So. Yes, because John.
1: I uh, just just again. Oh, he's back! Woohoo. I need new. I I need a new computer. <laughs> please please send money to our Patreon. We need we need new equipment.
3: Um. <sighs> All right, and then favorite moment in the
1: movie. Favorite moment in the movie. Who who are you asking?
3: Either one of you. I'll go. My
2: favorite moment in the movie is uh, I am Iron Man when he says at the very end. That I love that moment that they throw because it like it changes the paradigm of superhero movies.
1: Yeah. We saw that in the in the heshi the how how it should have ended, where he's sitting there talking to Batman and Superman, and he's like, and, and and then I told everybody who I was, and Batman and Superman are like, oh, you can't do that. You're not supposed to tell people your secret identity. No, I
2: like it, because like it changes the dynamic of what a superhero movie is. And then mm-hmm. when you, you do get a good moment in Iron Man 3, a movie I rail against normally, when they destroyed Tony's house, because he basically advertised who he is, you see that there's consequences for being out in the open like that. Yeah, but it's great. It's a great way to end it. Like, there's no pretense. It's Tony Stark is Iron Man. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Because he would he's not the type of guy that would hide behind a secret identity. Right. Like, I, I adore that about that movie.
3: Yeah, no. And I think that's, that's a perfect character moment, too. Because again, at first, he's a, you know, he's a little bit of a coward in the beginning of the movie. Right. And at the end, it's like, Nope, I'm Iron Man. Right.
2: Big character growth right there. That's that's easily again. This is really a movie about characters and like this move that really hones in on it. Like you see the growth in Tony Stark right there.
3: Right. Uh, so my favorite moment until John comes back, uh, I'm going to have to say, hmm, let me think. There's so many of them. And I like your choice Psst. of. Yes. <laughs> John. Hello. 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 Hello.
1: Hello. I, I'm experiencing technical difficulties uh much like iron man does (laughs) excellent um okay dave Then i'll I'll give you mine um i mentioned the suit up
3: scene and uh i'm thinking of of john or jd's answer and yeah tell me tell me me what i want to hear yeah (laughs) i agree with you jd (laughs) i think that is probably because that's the culmination of the entire thing and that's like that's the perfect button at the end of that movie yeah i agree
1: Wow, I missed JD's because my I my my, my oh. rig broke up, so <laughs> yeah, I,
2: said, I said my favorite moment in the movie was when he goes am Iron Man.
1: Oh yeah, okay. So good.
3: So what was your favorite movie a moment, John?
1: I li I think one of my favorite moments is when after he came back from uh <laughs> liberating the Mid East um And he's got all the robots over him trying to pull his stuff off. And Pepper walks in and he looks over and says, this isn't the worst thing you've seen. <laughs> that
2: is yes. a gr- that is another great character moment right Yeah, there. But, And it's not that.
1: just the character moment. It's that they kept the humor. They they had the humor yeah, that, between that and the robot that kept trying to put him out at like a fire. <laughs> yeah,
3: that, that that definitely was a moment that said like, yes, we're going to have humor in our movies and have fun.
1: Yeah and they've been fun ever since. I mean, you know, except for one or two, <laughs> Dark World. Um, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, Dark World's a big a big misfire when you look in, when you really look back
3: on it. Yeah. yeah. That's why they did uh, Ragnarok. Total which, 360.
1: All right. Which had which had a lot of fun, it, so yeah. yeah. All
3: right. All right. So, I mean, I know it's a it's a 12-year-old movie and 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 whatnot but I still want to go around and rate it um one out of 10 and uh and since JD loves to do this so much we'll start with him I'm going to take this one seriously cuz
2: it works like that's a 9 man it's not quite perfect cuz I do think you could have had a stronger villain but that's it that's all I'm going to say like that's my one big critique is like oh but I stayed it's it's okay it works um But in retrospect, it did not launch, it did not launch the series into a new spot. So I have to kind of, I have to rate it like that, but it's 90%, man. Nine out of 10. Capes.
1: Cool. And you, John? I'm giving it, I'm giving it a nine too. A nine point two? And yeah, yeah, (laughs) a nine as well. Yes. Um, huh. No, uh, nine, uh, I'm giving it nine because it basically was, I, 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 with very little, that they could have actually made better it was perfect for launching basically what is the only successful um cinematic universe that we've seen so far and it's it was it was for its time it was amazing it was still groundbreaking even with what DC was doing with uh, Batman begins and it just you know it set a tone that they they've managed to keep until even now
3: cool all right dave I- I I'm going to go 9.5 because
1: because uh, yes, I because you're indecisive and you can't figure out whether it's nine or 10. Yes,
2: exactly. Uh, <laughs> 10 is a per like, what is a perfect movie? You know, this is as close as I think one gets.
1: Yeah. But.
3: I, I mean, so, I mean, again, it, it's a whole in retrospect thing. Like it made us fall in love with the character of Iron Man people that people didn't care about for a long time. It reestablished Robert Downey Jr. as a movie star. It launched the MCU. It's an uh, incredible character arc. Um, and, you know, slightly weak villain. I thought, it, I, I, I like the villain because it's, there's a personal touch to it. Yeah. Um, again, repeating it, that, that trope two more times didn't really work. And there isn't, like the other two villains, um, uh, uh, what, uh, I can't even think of who Maxwell, what's his, oh, name?
1: uh, uh, Hammer.
3: Just yeah, Hammer. Ha- that's it. Hammer and, uh, and well, I'll say the Mandarin, but. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. That's Can we one one misstep. Uh, Can we Art Alden Putzlek was his name?
2: The extremist yeah. guy, whose name I can't remember.
3: Because it made um, no impact on me. Like, they had personal reasons to hate him, but there was no relationship like there was with uh, Jeff Bridges' character in this movie. So I think it makes him a little bit better of a villain in that aspect as well.
1: True.
2: True.
3: So. So okay. yeah, nine point five. All right, I think I think we beat this one to death. Uh, John has given me some editing to do. And, Sorry, man. Uh, so real quick, we'll go around. Any recommendations for the boys and girls at home?
2: Yeah, I've been watching the new Ducktales with my kid. It's f- it's fantastic.
1: Isn't that the one tenant as yes,
2: yeah. of Scrooge yeah. McDuck. It's, it's, he's great. It's great. I mean, like, if anyone ever watched DuckTales as a kid, this show keeps the spirit perfectly alive. Like, it's, everything is right in tune, but the Huey Dewey and Louie each have individual personalities now, and the writing, it's it's those good kind of kids' shows where, like, you if you're a kid, you're going to love it, but if you're an adult, you're going to pick up on stuff and and really like it even more. I've heard, I've heard it was good too. Shockingly Um, good. Shocking. And I love the old DuckTales, but I didn't, but I was, you know, nine. Like I was <laughs> <clears throat> I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this. And um we're watching it in the mornings now. It's really good. Cool.
3: How about you, John?
1: Uh so the second season of Ascendance of a Bookworm is up and it's just as good as the first season, so I'd suggest that. I actually uh saw Emma over the weekend with my girlfriend. Oh, was the, that the new one? It was great. Really? Yes, Anya Taylor Joy as Emma was. She she got all. The, she, she can. I don't know. She's one of those actresses where she can make a few looks on her face and you get volumes of information. It was and and, and the feels. So it it worked really well. I loved it. It was really good. Cool. You got
2: a po- podcast called Superhero Speak. You get recommendations to watch Ducktales and Emma.
1: <laughs> right and, on. And,
2: right on brand.
1: Yeah, yeah so. I know so wait, i w- wait, wait, wait. Okay. And, okay. wait sorry Anya you joy was in an episode of doctor who so there oh. you go Which okay one? okay uh i will of course
3: as always recommend people to go to superhero speak.com where you can find the podcast every week plus comic book reviews from our good friend d square do not forget to check out the d square podcast as well everywhere podcasts are available and if you're like me and you're a metallica fan Ooh, uh, i am going to recommend that you check out uh, Metallica Mondays. They have been streaming concerts every Monday night on their Facebook feed and uh these are pre-recorded concerts. They're not they're not playing a concert every Monday night right now. And uh they've also made the Met Club uh on their website free uh for well they started it like a week ago so but for like 30 days you could join for free and watch all of their uploaded concert footage that's on there so um you guys should check that out i think i might cool because i like metallica jd I likes do. metallica big fan and john likes hey. show tunes
1: uh, I, li- I like abba so you
3: know. <laughs> there you go even better see that
1: girl Watch that scene? <laughs> no 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 chiquitita or vule Vulez? come on
3: bless you All right, all right. Well, that's on that note, boys and girls. I think that's the perfect place to put a pin in it. So as always, thanks for listening, and don't let your kid get caught in the door. Have a good week.